Good evening, guys, and welcome back to another weekly stock market update. This week, we are going to talk generally just about volatility in the market and how we are playing it. Didi's delisting from New York and maybe back into Hong Kong. And lastly, of course, Alibaba's latest restructuring and new CFO. TFC's weekly market update scours the net to find worthy financial news to be further discussed and expanded. It is a banter session with facts, figures, and fun to help you get caught up in the world of investing. So join in the banter live with me, Rakesh, your host, weekly Tuesdays at 8pm on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. Hey, Coconuts. Welcome back to our Tuesday's weekly market updates. Rakesh here. Anthony here. And today we've got three things to talk to you about. Honestly, we realized that we're taking quite a long time. <laughs> we couldn't stick within the 30 <laughs> minutes that we wanted to. So we're cutting our slots down, uh, talking about three things today. Uh, I think to start off with, we're going to talk a little bit about the price movements, right? Especially in the US market, China as well. Um, and how the, you know, effectively, if you have invested, we've had a series of body blows, Stocks are moving up and down like crazy. We're going to talk about that a little more so that we all have a little bit more understanding. Yeah, man, it's it's been a roller coaster ride the last two, three weeks, I think. <laughs> Time just flies. <laughs> man, 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 going through that. Um, and, and speaking of roller coasters, one, once we have that general point, we will talk a bit about Didi um, and its delisting from the NYSE. That's that's not a roller coaster. It just it has just gone straight down since IPO, essentially. <laughs> Well, that's not a good thing, right? <laughs> but good to, good to talk about. I think it just got delisted. And lastly, we're going to talk a little bit about Alibaba, right? Uh, there's been an executive shakeup uh, with Alibaba and actually the stocks also saw a 10% increase. So we're going to bring up on that. Awesome. Um, I think we'll start off with the big topic. It's a bit macro right now. It's a bit just sort of understanding where we are. And so please let us know how you feel about this section. We thought it'll be interesting to, to talk about this because... If you're invested and, you know, our target audience, you guys, you guys are invested as well. It's, it's been a roller coaster, right? I've had heart attacks. I've had, I was really happy one day. Anthony, what are your thoughts? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I think maybe just, just to take a step back and take stock, right? Um, you know, we, we look at the major indices. Um, S&P is down 2% in a month. Um, NASDAQ's down mm. 4.5, 4.7, I think. Um, NASDAQ 100, so mega cap is down 3 and then we look at the smaller ones, the, the growth stocks. Your Russell 2000 is down 9.7 in a month. Um, Russell 2000 growth is down tr- nearly 12. ARK, um, Katie Wood must be sad. Well, not really, she has fees, but you know, um, ARK is down 23% <laughs> in a month. Um, 11% just in the last week alone. These are the ETFs, yeah? Yeah, they, these, are, these are all ETFs, right? This is not a single stock. We are not yes. talking about DocuSign dropping 40% post-earnings. That's, that's not it. <laughs> not yet. This, these are in the X with, you know, these are ETFs with 2,000 shit stocks in them and they are down nearly 10% or, or more a month, right? It, it's, it's a bloodbath. Um, and, and yeah, for those that think that, you know, Bitcoin is, is negatively correlated, I have news for you. They dropped 20% last month. So, you know, um, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's a, it feels risk-off to me. Right, um, generally, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. Why don't you explain to us what risk off is? To me, it just means uh, people don't like risky assets anymore. I mean, if you think about it, equities are risky compared to bonds, yes, but even within the equity space, buying something like Amplitude or, or Rivian is intrinsically more risky than buying Apple or Facebook or Amazon, right? It's just size and, and, their, and the maturity of their business. Gotcha, 
Cool, man. Firstly, uh, thanks for naming your book. I think that's quite, <laughs> quite I, I, I have indexes, but not DocuSign, thankfully. Ah, okay. <laughs> Got you. I mean, yeah, on, on my side, you know, just before we, we jump into to understanding a little bit more about what's exactly happening, it's it's a little scary, right? I mean, um, you think you've done your research, you've, you've looked at your price-sales ratio, you've looked at the books, fundamentally they look okay. You've been making money the last six months, and then all of a sudden, bam, in a matter of two weeks, it's wiped out, right? Effectively, unless you've gone in maybe in early 2020 when COVID was just starting, maybe you're still on positive. But if you've gone in just in the last quarter or even in the last two quarters, it's down, it's down hard. So it is, it is quite scary for, for everyone, including myself. And um, that's why we, we thought we would discuss this a little bit more. Right? And it's, I think, you know, Anthony, for, for me, when we're looking at, at, at these markets, and I'm quite heavy in tech. I cannot say that I am diversified. I don't have ETFs like, like yourself. I don't have indices. I'm, I'm quite heavy in tech and not even big tech, right? So we've got the, the, the works of, of HubSpot, for example. We've got the works of uh, Amplitude. Uh, you, you name it, right? Those, those smaller stocks that you think would be growth stocks, those are the ones I'm invested in. And that's, that's honestly quite painful. How, how have you been doing it? Um, it, yeah, it's, it's been painful, I think. Um, but you know, to, to me, this is a good thing, right? Look, I think again, zooming super big picture, we are young, right? We are, we are not retiring next year. We are still in our phase where we are accumulating more and more. And honestly, if we could choose between having a downturn now and having a boom market when we retire and need the money um, versus having a boom market now, but you know, if it falling 50% just before I retire, I'm choosing this, right? All the time. <laughs> so, I mean, that, from that perspective, and, and I think that's the right perspective that, that people our age should take, we are accumulating. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's great opportunities. It's, it's maybe a, a bit of a step back to take stock. If we have profits, take profits. You know, if we have losses, think about cutting them. I, I haven't. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It, it feels painful, but it's one of those things that will, will be, make it better over time, I think, I would say. Yes, and I think you know we we all we all shocked at this in this last couple of weeks. But I think one thing to note is that major indices are still up from year to date, right? So if you take a look at January twenty twenty one, right now until you know seventh December twenty twenty one, we're still up. So I think that's some good comfort there that that we can take. So if you are in from January, you're okay. Except that obviously, if you look at a shorter time frame and you just invested say of after the last earnings call where we had our, our session about three four weeks ago, you it's it's a bit negative there. One thing though that I am doing, right, um, in, in my in my strategy is that I'm honestly not even looking at the stocks right now. <laughs> um, I, I'm, it, it's quite painful to look at my portfolio, but instead what I do is on my phone, I have the regular stocks. And if it goes to a lower level, I actually put in a bit to buy again, right? Effectively DCA or dollar cost averaging. And I think for myself, what I'm relying myself on is that, yes, I have done my research. The numbers in the stock market does not reflect what is, what is going on in the day-to-day business of the company. And I think that's, that's really, really important to, to say and, 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 to, and to do that, right? <clears throat> of course, last week we talked a bit about Omicron and this could be the reason why. Um, and it's an external no, man, factor. That, that, so I think believing in internal factor. I'm sorry. I think that's just media narrative. It's, it's, Rubbish. Um, you know, if if it yeah. was Omicron, you you would see your your zooms and your pelotons 
Zoom backup, um, for lack of a better word, um, you know. Mm. So I, I think that that's partially a media narrative. Maybe it's um, tapering of of the Fed because Powell doesn't like the word transitory anymore and, and thinks inflation is here to stay. Um, I, I that that could I, I think it be a slightly more logical reason to me. Um, I, I can see a cause and effect True. link there, but yeah. But I, I disagree, right? Media narrative holds a big, big point in each of our hearts. If the media says something more often than not, people believe it. And if people yeah, believe it, it they might, right? It, it, so they it's might, just media they might narrative feel... that doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay, <laughs> think yeah. about it a bit more. Yeah. It, it's important, yeah, yes, so it right? Um, we, we, mm. we like patterns, we like stories, but it, if you think about it slightly harder, I, I, I honestly don't think it, it makes sense for this instance, right? Sometimes they're right. Um, this is one time I, I disagree with. Got it. I mean, and as we look at, at the different stocks going through, so on and so forth, where do you think we could be, right? Uh, what, what it, so you, as you mentioned, or as I mentioned, I'm doing DCA. What are you doing as well, Anthony? What are your plays here? Yeah, so I think maybe just circle back a bit, right? We, we talked about buying indexes. And, and if you look at it, the S&P hasn't really dropped, Right, it's down two percent. Um, that, 2%, that's a broad based yeah. index. Um, QQQ big tech hasn't really dropped. I think the the pain has been in a lot of what we own of of smaller growth growthier tech stocks, right? Um, it it's not in your fangs or mangas or mamatans or, or whatever the acronym is now. We'll talk about it later. Um, it's <laughs> it, the big tech. Big tech's okay, right? They are they are the safe haven now, and and that to me, I I see it again as you know a, a bit of a risk off narrative people don't like your your small you know 60 70 price to sales stocks now they they go to google mm. and, and yeah, i'm paying 20% price sales right and it's fantastic um and, and that's safe so if i were to bet right i think and and if i'm right and, and we are going into a lot more of a risk off mode uh, big tech is the next to be hit Right, You're, it cannot be that they are the only ones spared from a market downturn. Um, if sentiment turns, it turns again against the entire market. Um, that that's what has happened. That's what happened in the last taper tantrum. You know, it, and it, it's not. I mean, it's not always exactly the same, but I, I think it's instructive in a sense. So, I, I for me, what I've done, I have taken out quite a bit of cash. Um, or I, I had a lot of cash to begin with because I found everything expensive. So. So you said you took out you took out some cash. Did you yep. effectively make a loss in that? Um, were you still on a gain? How did that work? Yeah. So so you I, cut your I mean, losses? There, there were some that I had profits, so I just took profits of them. Um, I redeployed some of it into things that I felt had been beaten down too much, like Zoom, as we talked about last week. Um, so yeah. so yeah, it's 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 I think a bit of taking taking a bit of money off the table, you know, being being less exposed. Um, I have put quite a bit more money into Singapore dividend shares, right? So so I always get cash flow. I, I have stability in terms of. Um, you know, beating inflation at least. It was inflation in Singapore was four percent. That that's lower than my dividend yield. Mm. I'm 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 relatively safe there. That's like 70 of my portfolio. Um, I I started buying a bit more. You know, big tech index. So I bought QQQ just as a buffer again for the next few months while while it bleeds. The the only thing I think I haven't done, which I was contemplating last night, was to short something. Right, it literally getting a hedge right. onto small growth stocks, and I mean, we we think about shorting as oh yeah, this is difficult. We need derivatives. Actually, I you you might not right. So I looked at my portfolio. It looks 
quite a bit like the ARK um, ETF, right, which is why I brought it as a comparison, right? Um, and and there's actually this ticker called SARK, S-A-R-K, which is short ARK, mm. right? And, and you can long it and, oh. and it effectively shorts ARK. So you don't actually have to go in to buy derivatives. You can actually no, you just don't. long you, you, this ETF. Yes. I, I is mean, it an ETF? Yeah. Yes, it's an ETF. Um, there, there's some technical things about like DK and all that, but I think if you're shorting for a month or two, it, it, it doesn't take too much off, right? So possible. I, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh yeah, well, it's just a small part of the portfolio. Ah, this is too much hassle. I, I'm not going to do it. Um, but but I mean, I, I think for the stock pickers out there, you know, if you if you know your your stocks, you have confidence in them, but you want to kind of remove yourself from the momentum, right? That that might be the mm-hmm. play to go. Um, so, so yeah, something to think about. Yeah, definitely interesting, right? Um, you know, I think for me, it's, it's, it's also the fact that there's been a lot of liquidity in the market, right? Um, and I'm going to throw you another spanner here, Anthony, and I want you to hear your thoughts. I want to hear your thoughts on this. It'll be coming to, yes, we've got the Omicron, we've got people that are a little volatile, um, a, bit, a bit worried, but also Christmas seasons, mm-hmm. right? Christmas season Santa is coming rally. up. The, <laughs> The <laughs> the expenditure of of your your you know you probably meeting your families after two years, uh on my Instagram at least every other day it's somebody that says hey I'm back home after two and a half years I brought lots of presents for everyone, so that's that's also something to think about right um what what are your thoughts in the fact that you know what I've made some money I want to spend it a little bit and take the money out and and see what I can do with that yeah I I think that's a bit of that, that's a continuation of a trend, right? You know, you, if you look at the months, I think July to, to September, we saw huge increases in, in consumer spending in the US, um, attributed again by the media to the, the end of lockdowns and revenge spending, right? You, you see that in the US, you see that in China, <laughs> it, it's, it's the same. The, they, they seem they've got their story straight this time. And, and I kind of see why, right? Because I spent a lot on, on during uh, after lockdown too, you know? And, and, and I think anecdotally, you want to get to a Michelin star restaurant now, be prepared to book a month or two in advance, right? It's, it's insane right. the, how people want to spend money. So, so I, I think that there's, it makes sense. Um, I don't know how much it affects. I think, look, it, it will affect your, your retailers, right? Um, to the extent that it pulls forward some demand um, but is it going to be that great an impact? Is it, or do we just account it mm. as a one-off seasonal thing? I think it, it really depends yeah. on the company and, and what they're selling. And I think it's something that, you know, for, for coconuts out there is something to think about. Of course, I believe there is a Fed uh, ruling coming out mid-December as well to see how, how that will be if they are going to increase the, the, the rates and, and so on and so forth. Um, so yeah. please do keep all of that in mind. Cool. Um, I think I do want to talk about one more thing. Um, mm. Is that, do you think that uh, these corporations, these growth stocks, would it be a good time for them to, like, for example, buy back some of these stocks because it's of decent value right now? Yeah, I, I think, I mean, look, the, the, to, to me, the, the reality is in, if you're a US listed company, you are growth share you don't ever do dividends, right? It, it's tax inefficient. Mm. It, it sends the wrong signal. All you do is share buybacks. It's a form of returning. I mean, they, they serve the same purpose. They're returning capital to investors. It's, it's just, I guess, there's, there's a slightly different tax treatment there and, and a different market perception. So, you know, I, I think we can look out for it. We, and 
more than share buybacks, I think we can look out for more insider buying. Buying, sorry. Um, you know, mm-hmm. if we start seeing, well, not not Elon Musk because he's just exercises options, but <laughs> and, and not Satya because he sold fifty percent of his stake um, in Microsoft. Yeah. But you know, I, I mean, if you see Jensen Huang by um, Nvidia hand over fist. I think that's a sign, right? Um, and, mm. and insider buying tends to be a relatively decent indicator. So, so that might be a sign, actually, if you're looking at individual companies where, where the CEO starts buying back shares and you go, oh yeah, may, maybe it's slightly oversold. Um, the market has thrown the baby out of the bathwater, right? They, 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 they wanted to sell, everything got sold off, but this is a good company. The people who know best, management, um, theoretically, um, think that it's undervalued. They are buying, they want to make money, because everybody does. So uh, let me track them and, and follow in. And I, I think that that's awesome. something to look out for. Awesome. Cool. Now, Coconuts, hope, hope you learned a few takeaways there. Uh, we'll keep this going. We probably will have another macro topic. We'll see how this week goes. And then yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll but, take you know, it from I, I think don't be, don't be, I mean, if, if managing emotions is part of this, right? Um, it's a long process. We, we all want to accumulate money for the next 10, 20 years. So stay strong. Right, um, and and we'll we'll get through this. If, if we if we enjoy the ride up, we sh- we should also enjoy the ride down. <laughs> That's true. That's I'm trying. True. I'm trying. <laughs> we we can try. We'll go and cry after this, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> awesome. All right. So uh, I think let's let's move on to our next topic, Anthony. What do you have for us? All right. Um, the next one would be DT's delisting. TT uh, delisting. <laughs> um, yeah, so it, for for those who don't know, TT um, is a, a Chinese company. They are, they are a ride hailing company equivalent to Uber or Grab in China. They are, they are the largest one. They are clear market leader in China, right? Um, they listed in in the New York Stock Exchange, I think, six months back. Um, two days later, the Chinese government asked, "Why did you do this? You know, you have confidential." national security information you shouldn't have done this and and the stock has just gone downhill since then right it is listed at 14 it's now at six dollars um so you you think oh, your wow. your growth stocks are bad this is worse um and, and i think to, to maybe hopefully put a bit of an end to the saga um they they are they just announced three or four days back um just before the weekend that they were looking to delist from new york and maybe relist and, and will relist, sorry, on, on another globally recognized exchange and you'll be able to sort the shares around and, and things like that. Um, hopefully that addresses the, the underlying data security concerns um, that the, the Chinese regulators had, but yeah, we'll see. Well, that's pretty, pretty straightforward. So it was, the reason for the delisting was because of this information, um, sort of confidential information that they had on, on Chinese on Chinese um, government in, within well, the Chinese I, I think, government or just the people I think that, that's all speculation right so I mean you, you think about right healing um Theoretically, and, and I think this was an issue with Strava, the, the app, the running app long ago, where you could, you know, look at people's running routes and track out what an army camp looked like in, in the US, right? This is the same. Um, if you oh. could find um, information about, you know, this high-level official taking a, a, an Uber or, or sorry, a TT to car to somewhere else, you, you could kind of see where they were going and, and kind of pinpoint places of interest and all of that. So... I mean, just just based on an analogy to to the Strava app issue, it it's not impossible that 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 there is there are real national security concerns, 
right? Um, the, the rumor flying around is that the Chinese regulators ask them to delist. I'm, that, that could make sense. I, I don't know. Um, that I'm sure that there was some pressure applied from, from the high levels down. But, you know, I mean, you, you have listed, your, your stock price has taken a beating. Why wouldn't you delist, right? And, and again, anecdotally, you know, just, just from work, <laughs> I, I, there, there's a lot of plans for delisting from, from the New York Stock Exchange. Right. Um, especially mm-hmm. for companies that have been beaten down. Um, you know, I think a few months back we had the ed- education furor, right, in, in China. Right. People got the shares got taken down by 90%. Those are almost yep. all going to delist. That there are plans in place. It's just, you know, the matter of time. One thing that, that is slightly different um for, for TT is that usually, right, there, there's really two ways to do it. One is you, you privatize yourself. So, so for instance, you, you had a $100 share. It's been whacked down to, to $10, right? 90% down. And you go, oh, fine, whatever. I, I'm the owner. I, I find a few PE buyers in and I delist um, for, for 12, right? Um, you pay the premium. You take it private. And two years later, you relist in Hong Kong for 20 and, and 25. And, and everybody's happy, essentially. Um, so, so that's one model. But what DT is doing is, apparently is different. They'll just go straight to Hong Kong to IPO and, and that's it, right? So, so they'll be dual listed like Alibaba, um, like Hire and we, and yeah, that, that's it. Got it. So they are, so just to clarify, they're delisting from NYSE, but they're going to list on the Hong Kong Stock Exchange. Well, they're going to list somewhere. They, they haven't said where, but Hong Kong seems to be the only logical choice. Um, and we also don't know when they'll delist. They just say we are going to. So it could be before the, the Hong Kong listing. It could be after. But to me, just to me, before doesn't make sense because then you can't transfer your shares. You have to privatize it. And it's going to, I mean, even with the 50% drop, yes, it's going to take a lot of money to privatize them. <laughs> right. And, okay. and we don't know where they'll come from. Fair enough. Wow. Interesting. Hmm. This is, yeah, I mean, for me, it's, it's reeking. You know, I mean, currently, as, as we know, there is this sort of U.S.-China tensions. And I don't know if part of this is playing a little bit in there. Um, it may not be. I'm, I may be sort of fabricating this whole thing. Um, but it is something that I'm wondering as well, right? Yeah, um, definitely. I think, you know, the, the whole U.S.-China thing is, is playing itself out in, in different areas. Right. And one of which is, is really the stock exchanges, you know, and, and China wanting to have some sort of control and, and sovereignty over their companies. Right. Um, would you think, you know, let, let's say that there's a company, uh, let's say Alibaba, right? It's listed in New York, it's listed in Hong Kong. They are technically the same shares. Would you list, would you buy the, the share in Hong Kong or would you buy it in New York? Well, for me, I, I buy it in New York mainly because I, I already, you know, have a couple of stocks there. <laughs> Um, in, in that market. I would probably buy in New York because I know that know the area better. Okay, that, that's interesting because, I mean, I, I was thinking about that. So I was like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm buying in Hong Kong, right? I, it's the same time zone. I don't need to look at, look at it at midnight as so, oh, it's going down. Let me sell it. I can, I can just do it when, during business hours <laughs> while hiding in the toilet from my boss. So um, yeah, Hong Kong for me. I, and, and I think that, that's the difference, right? Um, it's, it's trading zones. It's um, whether institutions can invest in it and whether they have the mandate and, and the will to you know, stay up late. Um, if you're a US fund manager to, to trade the Hong Kong shares rather than the other way around. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks for that, Anthony. I think that was a good one. All right. 
And lastly, we're going to talk a little bit about Alibaba, right? So obviously Alibaba has been on a downtrend this past couple of weeks, past couple of months. Months. I believe um, months, yes, right? Uh, we had we even had one of our market updates where we're talking about a few people buying into Alibaba in during this downtime. And it surged a little bit, right, last week. Uh, 10% it surged. Now, right, obviously they, they have restructured a little bit. Uh, they have changed their CFO. And um, right, and maybe let me take you through that. Right, so first, yep. C- the CFO has changed to Toby. Secondly, they're looking to sort of realign and and re-strategize on how they go about their business. So Alibaba is going to be split into two: one focusing on China commerce, one focusing on international commerce. Right, so okay. brands like um, AliExpress, Lazada, those will stay in in the international section. Mm-hmm. Where else everything focused on China will stay in in that company in that in that form okay. sort of split it up. According to them, it will improve supply chain costs, right? And that's that's effectively all we got. <laughs> from, how, how does that work? From, right, from like, from just, just spitballing here. Is it just different cost centers, right? Uh, shared services. How 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 could this conceivably play out? Honestly, I I don't know. I I honestly don't know. Um. I I think it's it's maybe it's it's just you know looking at the books and and sort of coming up with it or are they taking some sort of other approach right to this Chinese company mm. right are they sort of increasing um you know or de- decreasing their cost because they're purchasing other companies or the the merchants for example will be paying their own shipping um or a part of it at least um did you do you know anything about this Anthony or? No, no, not not at all. I, I yeah. mean, I, I'm just curious. Um, the, the only thing I know yeah. about this is that they have this, they have this company called Chinyao, um, which is about um, vegetable bird, I guess if we are if we are translating it literally. Okay. Um, which is their logistics arm, right? Essentially, like you have Amazon who who do and the Amazon part that does logistics. Um, Alibaba is the same thing. Um, just just to you know move between warehouses, um, internalize the cost and and stuff like that. Right. Cool. Um, yeah, so I'm not entirely sure, but they did mention this. I guess we'll see in, in next quarter when they, when they do report right, and, and tell us how it's been improved or how it's decreased. But I think one thing to note here and, and specifically onto why it has surged is because there were fears that the Chinese government were forcing countries or, or mm-hmm. rather the companies to delist their shares, right? We saw it with Didi uh, that you, we just spoke about and there was all this stuff, the crackdown that we had on education a few months ago and how we expected to, to, you know, sort of, or rather how the people expected it to move towards commerce and the big, big conglomerates. Um, I think one thing good to note though, is that the China government came out, or the regulatory commission came out and said that that's completely misleading. That's not what we want to do. And as soon as they said that, it shot back up. Yeah, um, I, I'm glad they said it. I mean, I wish they could have said it months ago before all this happened. <laughs> um, to be honest, I, I, I have Alibaba, right? And Tencent and, and right. a lot of other Hong Kong shares. But yeah, I mean, look, it, it always was a long shot. Again, to, to me, the, the whole VIE structure you know, getting made illegal retrospectively mm. was always a media, a Western media narrative, actually, that, that would have never happened, right? Um, China would China would not allow them to do it. Not at this stage, maybe 20 years down the line when, when they have a 
they when they have their own you know developed capital markets ecosystem, they could um, just to incentivize people to to stay in China. But now, nah, that, that was that was always just you know building a straw man and, and demolishing it. Like, oh, hooray! So so I'm I'm glad there's clarity. Um, but I mean, maybe just just circling back a bit, you know. I mean, we we've been talking about earnings. Alibaba has had earnings. What what's their business like now? You know, I mean, Taobao to me is huge and is is the source. We go to for cheap stuff. But yeah, what, how how is their business operating? Yeah, that's a that's a very good question, right? So we actually saw slower growth during mm-hmm. during the quarter, right? Um, something called CMR, which is the correct me, uh, Anthony. This is the merchandise. Revenue? What does CMR stand for again? I think it's customer management revenue. Something like that. It's, it's, it's about customer their, their add-on services to, to um, vendors, essentially. Yes. So that has... Ah, thanks for that. So that has actually slower growth, or rather it's slowed down mm-hmm. in that sense, okay. as well as gross merchandising value or gross, yep. gross merchandise value has also yep. been slower. Right? Okay. So that, that in, in effect, right, if we can just distill down into... Mm-hmm four key points, we have seen lower than expected gross merchandise value, right? It's probably due to the competition. It's probably due to the markets. Uh, people are a little volatile. People are a little wary, um, right? I guess these cheap China goods as well. They're probably looking at other stuff. Um, so I think one of the key things here is that this, it's, it was expected to be a lot higher than it actually is in yep. terms of monetization in the retail market in China. So that's okay. one. Number two they are trying to execute on strategic investments, but it's mm-hmm. not rolling out to be exactly as it is, right? It's coming okay. out weaker, so less than expected. And number three, they also saw, you know, Ali Cloud is a big thing. Obviously, you need yep. to it's a, right, you need to go for it. Uh, Alibaba is massive in China, Ali Cloud at least. That has also seen a growth deceleration. So okay. even though we did see a price increase, it's good to take note that in, in terms of the market or in terms of the business, these are the things that has been happening, right? Yeah. Which also could explain why they're trying to split and trying to reorganize themselves. Yeah, I mean, just look at them and, and C, right? C is pretty much not in China, but everywhere else um, yeah. in, in Asia. And it, it's going gangbusters, you know? I, I don't think C mm-hmm. actually has greater GMV than or greater profits or greater revenue than Alibaba. I, I haven't looked, but I highly, highly doubt so. But you know, just in terms of market cap, they are they are about there, which begs the question: What is the market thinking? Come on, <laughs> oh, this is this is ridiculous. <laughs> it's we were circling back to the exact first point we talked about, right? <laughs> yeah, I, well, yes, just that you know, C C has taken a beating um, with with the other growth shares, so so maybe it, it, the market is waking up and and we are making a bit more sense now. But yeah. Um, Good, good on the business. I, I'm personally, I'm, I'm slightly surprised by the cloud thing, given that they literally have very little competition, right? AWS is mm. barely in there um, due to US-China tensions. Azure, Microsoft, also not really there because of nope. you know US-China yes. tensions. So, what are they doing? We, you know, we there's need no Google. Stock, yeah, there's no Google as well. You know, there's no <laughs> digital ocean. We we need a stock geek out on on the Chinese cloud market. Right, because we, we look at cloud adoption in in the Western and and non China world, and it's accelerating. What was China doing? Is, is it just different, or have the winners just not been there? And and you know, it's a trillion dollar market that a winner could take, and and poof, you know that that's a company that we want to be in. 
Definitely. It's, uh, I think it's, it's, it's good to keep note of this. Coconuts, if you're listening, good to just keep an eye on this, especially if you're in the China market. Um, the cloud space is definitely a good area to, to look at, at least in the next quarter or so. Yeah. And uh, sorry, just, just one last point for me. Um, I mean, you know, we, we talk about sales, we talk about GMV and go, oh, yeah, it's growing. It's not. But just to give a sense of scale, right? Um, Shopify, which is I think the second largest retailer in in the US, um, at least the, the other counterpoint to Amazon, essentially, Black Friday over Thanksgiving, Black Friday weekend, um, Cyber Monday, they announced you know, 2.9 billion i think in in gmv usd right and that was like whoa you know historical big largest ever result alibaba singles day 11 11 84 billion oh wow. nearly 30 times <laughs> right that's the scale that we are talking about and they are similar market caps so again <laughs> what's the market doing you know, it's you do this sort of relative you know conferences and you go wait a minute how does this ever make sense and and I don't know, right? Maybe growth is slowing. People don't like it. And, and we see Alibaba as a value share. I can see that point. Um, but yeah, no, mm. I think some, uh, it's a name to, to keep note of, right? Given how bad the price action has been. Yes, yes. No, for sure. And I think, you know, for you coconuts out there, if you're understanding a little bit more about the China market, um, I think specifically to do with delisting, as we, as we talked a bit about DD. Uh, we are having an episode tomorrow, so please feel free to, to go into our main uh, Financial Coconut uh, podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. We are rolling out an episode talking about delisting risk in China. Um, hey, so a little bit of... Chinese stuff. A little bit of... Yeah, exactly. A little bit of Chinese stuff going on. <laughs> awesome. Um, I think we have come to the end of the episode. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope to have Jefferson next week. Uh, that's our third host for our TFC weekly market. Or you might see Reggie as well. So <laughs> Yeah, and we can just talk about China again, right? <laughs> yeah, probably. Knowing Reggie, you'll probably want to talk about China yeah. as well. You know, one thing we didn't talk about today, Anthony, is Grab. But I think we can save that for next week. <laughs> nah, let, let's, let, let's not. I mean, okay, one, one, one share that I don't own, um, primarily because I've, I've dealt with them and, and I just did not like how they dealt with things. But yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting one, right? Um, they, they just got the timing. Well, no, sorry. The, the owner got the timing completely right because he managed to spec at a good valuation. Um, but... Yeah. If you were an investor and, and you bought it on the first day when it despecked, you just got the timing horribly wrong. So, so it, it's luck, uh, unfortunately. He, he still gets his GCB, by the way. Um, you know, he, he's going to live in another mansion. <laughs> he, 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 he lives in one now. He'll live in another one. He, he, no skin on his back. It, it's you know, people like us that, that try to buy in in the story that, that, that suffers. All right. Occupy Wall Street. <laughs> Oh, all right. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll talk a bit more about that. We'll see how the week goes with, with Grab and the rest of the stocks. I think just from us, uh, keep it up, right? Listen to some of our, 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 our challenges as well. We face the same thing as you and what we are doing. Remember to take the emotions out of it and just look at the, at the fundamentals as well. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Thank you so much, folks. Again, if you haven't you know, followed us, please go ahead and click the subscribe button on YouTube. Uh, follow us on Facebook. We have a Telegram group, so please join that as well. But love to hear from you. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks. See you next time. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh. And trust that you learned something today. 
If you enjoyed this session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.